You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Today, we're back in the swing of things with a guest interview, and I couldn't be more excited about who it's with. Our guest today is Kiara Morgan. And I originally invited Kiara on because I'm a big fan of her textile work. I wanted to have somebody on the show who could speak to licensing and making functional products and selling your work in stores. And I've also observed Kira over the years really exude this beautiful balance of fine artist and designer. And we get into all of that. But what I wasn't expecting was this really important conversation about what it looks like to find your own path as an artist and all of the roundabout ways that that can happen. So I really love Kira's story. I love that it's unique to her, and yet I think mimics something that so many of us go through. Some of my other favorites from this conversation are um, owning the title of being an artist and why that's been important for her. And in the very last couple minutes, I I feel like my favorite things always come out at the very end. Kira talks about what's in the middle of her like circle in terms of her career and what she makes and how that plays a role in her decisions and in navigating her own route. And we kind of get into this little tangent about that. That was so inspiring for me. And I think if you're organizing your thoughts around what is my thing, what should I do? Um, what are the best decisions for me to make, you're going to get some inspiring structure from what we talk about there. So definitely stay tuned for that. A couple quick mentions before we get into everything else. I just want to say thank you so much for everybody who follows us on Instagram, leaves comments, engages with the posts, um, and shares the episodes that they're listening to because that really is how we get the show out there. So when you're done listening to this one, if you loved it, if you're inspired, please do share and tag us because it's how other artists find their way here. Also, what really helps us out are those ratings and reviews on iTunes. I know I say this every time, but it's because it is so true. So if you also haven't already done so and you're a fan of the show, if you could just scroll down, hit the five stars if you're so inclined, and just leave a little note about why you like listening to this show, it really helps us out. I read every single one, and every time we get a new one, it's like a little celebration for me. So please and thank you. Okay, so if you don't already know her, Kira is a Los Angeles-based mixed-media artist who has a penchant for works on paper and a long-term love affair with textile traditions from around the world. In addition to her fine art practice, Kira collaborates with one of the few remaining American mills to transform her multimedia pieces into colorful woven throw blankets, pillows, and tapestries made 100% of hand-dyed cotton for home interiors. She graduated from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago with a BFA in textile design, and her collage paintings as well as her textile goods can be found in independent boutiques, private residencies, and art collections around the world. Kira regularly collaborates with interior designers, home staging agencies, and individuals to create her one-of-a-kind creations. Some of her past collaborations include brands such as Hers, Revival Rugs, Saatchi Art, and West Elm, to name a few. So without further ado, I give you my conversation with Kiara Morgan. So Kira, I'm super stoked to have you on the show. 
I'm wondering if you could start us off just by telling us a bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, as you said, my name is Kiara Morgan, um, and I live in Los Angeles, and I am an artist that loves collage as well as textiles. Um, so what that means is a lot of my abstract work makes its way into textiles that I create for um, home good products. So pillows, blankets, tapestries, kind of you name it, I, I have it. Yeah. Awesome. We're going <laughs> to get a lot more, a lot more into that. Um, but before we get into like the nitty gritty of what you make and what you do, I would also love to hear a little bit about how you found your way into this career, because I think I've heard you talk about how it's kind of like your second act, um, like you started out doing something else. So could you share a bit about that journey for us? Yes, it definitely is my second act. Although I believe, you know, being an artist um, and doing what I'm doing now has basically been my calling all along. It just was a windy path to get there previously before launching my business um, and owning the fact that I'm an artist. I worked in public relations for a number of years, although I went to art school, got a fine art degree. So I am one of those academically trained artists, but whatever that means. Um, I actually left art school and went into more of a traditional kind of corporate job. I think it was primarily based out of fear, but then also curiosity. I personally am one of those people that went to art school and didn't feel necessarily prepared to adult and to be an artist in the real world. I didn't think I really had a grasp on that. And it could have just been, I was just young. You know, I actually went to art school right out of high school, which is in that, in that time was, it was pretty rare. And the average age of students I was in class with, you know, were 28. Um, so much older than me, <laughs> you know, all I really had to pull on was like prom and homecoming, <laughs> you know, but in any case, I worked in public relations for over 10 years and it was great. Don't get me wrong. It was really great. It was new. I was learning a lot just because a lot of my colleagues had studied journalism and broadcasts and all of those things. And I was coming at it from a completely different place, a creative uh, artistic place. And I think actually that's what attracted uh, a lot of my bosses to me because I was naturally a great writer, but there was this natural curiosity, but there was this really kind of big idea, conceptual kind of thinker they saw in me, which, you know, is definitely a necessity when it comes to public relations and marketing. And so I learned a lot of it on the job and uh, moved you know, quite quickly up the ladder. However, at a certain point, um, it just stopped fulfilling me, to put it simply. Um, and although I thought at the time it were the different companies or the industry that I was working in or the brands that I was representing, so I found myself hopping around a lot, looking for job after job and kind of continuing to climb the ladder, but it was just nothing was was right. Nothing was really giving, fulfilling that void that I had. And so I had to stop looking externally at what was, what I thought was wrong and look internally to figure out how I could fix the problem. And it was really getting back to my 
creativity and making and creating and getting messy with my hands. And so thankfully, somehow I stumbled upon <laughs> this light bulb moment, like, you know what, I'm just going to go back and paint. I, I haven't done that. It sounds weird to do that, but I'm going to do it. It just, it feels like such a release. And so, yeah, I literally like bought a bunch of supplies, which was so exciting. I'm sure, you know, it's like Ooh, when you buy new paints and brushes and yeah, I did that and basically siphoned off this little corner in a den in my husband and I's um, last apartment and just started doodling and playing. And I really didn't have a sense of this is going to turn into something. It was more or less like therapy, I guess you could say. And it gave me something else to focus on when I was finding myself unhappy at work. You know, before all of my focus was, I'm unhappy at work. I don't like what I'm doing. And so it just kind of, I guess, took over my whole life. And then once I was able to create something new that I could focus on, that other stuff didn't seem as important. You know, I was giving energy to the things that I liked, which was creating. And it was then that I realized, huh. I think I need to be doing this more on a full-time basis because this is what I love. It feels so natural. I'm so passionate about it. Um, and it's, it feels more than like, than just a hobby to me. And somehow, some way I can do this. There are other people out there that are doing it. Why can't I? Um, and when I had that light bulb moment, I wasn't thinking about actually selling my artwork though, funny enough. I wasn't in a place where I could say, yes, I'm an artist and I'm going to sell my artwork. And I was more, I don't want to say concerned is the right word, but I was more attracted to creating something artful and beautiful that everybody could relate to. Mm. Um, I think because just of the circles and the people that I had in my life. You know, I do have other artist friends and friends in design that really appreciate and are comfortable in those spheres. But there are a lot of people that are like, uh, I don't know anything about art. I won't touch a painting or go into a gallery. I just, I, they just don't feel comfortable. And, you know, and I was like, I want to create something that's accessible, that everybody understands and can relate to. There's no questioning. They don't feel like you have to have studied anything and I came up with blankets. And I think it also goes back to my studies, which was textile design. And I did a lot of surface design. That was my, my interest. And I was like, a blanket, which sounds really weird, <laughs> you know, to like sit there and go, I think I'm gonna do a blanket. But it was because A, for me, was just a larger canvas to work on, but it was a canvas that could change and morph um, depending on if it was folded, if it was wrapped around somebody. And also, I love the fact that every home you go into across the globe, there's some sort of blankets or afghan or quilt, like, and everybody has some sort of relation to that. You know, we come out of the womb, we're wrapped in a blanket. You know, when we're little, we have baby blankets. There's, there's some innate understanding to it. And I just loved creating something that kind of could elevate an everyday item that people come in contact with. And so that's how K apostrophe was born on a blanket idea. <laughs> I love that. And I relate to so many elements. Um, I want to come back to talking about the blankets, Yeah, but something I know 
so many listeners are curious about Mm -hmm. is making that practical transition from a day job or nine to five job or whatever to artist. And I know Mm -hmm. you started by saying when you got out of art school, like you didn't know how to adult. I mean, I'm still (laughs) learning how to adult and I'm way past that age, you know? And so what was different when it was really time for you to like make the leap or, or how did that go? It was terrifying. It was (laughs) terrifying. I, it was, it was so scary because, you know, all I knew was, you know, in order I had, had to pay the bills. I had to keep a roof over my head. And up until that point, it was, you went out and you, you got a job and, you know, you worked hard and you, you got your paycheck, but I was just like, this is, I'm, this is horrible. I can't do this anymore. And I think, I mean, to be honest, I have a great partner and he could see that I was suffering. And when I wasn't suffering, it was, I was making, I was creating. And, you know, he's like, you need to, to focus on that more. You know, he was the one that actually kind of helped me say, Hey, just get back to painting, just do it. And that kind of helped me release some of that anxiety or sadness around, you know, the whole corporate career thing. And it also kind of started to give me more confidence. It was like, oh yeah, I like this. I'm kind of good at this. I think I can do this. And then seeing other people around me doing it. So that's not to say I went cold turkey. It wasn't like, okay, bye. I'm quitting my job. I'm going to do this whole thing. I'm going to figure it out. No, not at all. It was definitely a slow transition. Um, Funny enough though, I was actually quite lucky to have a really amazing boss who somehow she was really good at reading people and she read me like an open book. And she called me into her office one day and said, Hey, you know, you're super talented. You're great at what you do everybody here loves you, but I know this isn't what you want to do. She's like, I can see there's, there's something missing there. And it's kind of like, you're putting on an act. It's a really good act because everybody's full and everybody loves you and you're smart. You're good. But I don't, I really don't think you're happy. And I'm like, literally when she said this, I was going into like a Monday morning meeting with her status. And when she said that, like nobody had said that to me. Nobody, I felt like I was hiding it pretty well. And she said that. And then the tears just rolled mm. because she saw me, you know, the, for the first time. And she, and she said, you know, life is too short to do something that you think you should be doing and not what you want to be doing. And seeing how you work in this area, I can only imagine what you'll, you'll be able to accomplish doing something that you're passionate about. And she's like, I am going to challenge you. She's like, we could talk about work stuff, but I'm going to challenge you the next few weeks to think about what it is that really moves you. And in our next meeting, you know, in a month from now, I would love to hear what that is. And if it's this, okay. And if it's not, whatever. And she's like, I know that's risky for you. You don't tell your boss, like, you know what? I actually don't like this. She's like, but this is between you and I. And I just felt a, a, there was a lot of trust there for her to say something like that. And she kind of moved herself from boss zone to more of a mentor and woman to woman. And yeah. And I thought about it and I came back to her. I was like, you're absolutely right. (laughs) I don't like this. And this is what I'm passionate about. She's like, all right, well, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you 
move in that direction. She's like, I know there are certain things that you have to think about as far as, you know, earning an income or whatever, but let's think about what we can, what I can do to potentially help you move in that direction. Um, so again, having that vote of confidence from somebody um, in the corporate world who basically became like a mentor, give me that vote of confidence and push um, also helped. And so I ended up leaving there and continued to do PR, more consulting things um, on the side. So I had worked long enough in the industry, had an, enough contacts where I could kind of sell myself as a free agent, which would allow me to pursue, you know, my, my passion um, as well as, you know, earn money <laughs> to yeah. pay bills. And it was hard because, you know, and you, well, we all know this as entrepreneurs or freelancers, you've, you've got to chase. So I was like chasing down this one thing and also chasing down my passion. So it was definitely not easy, but worth every struggle and hurdle and insecure moment I had <laughs> to, to get yeah. one. <laughs> wow. What a blessing to have somebody like that in your immediate yeah. circle. Um, yeah. those people don't even realize like what a difference they're really making. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then I, I, I will admit, you know, I'm married and my husband who's gainfully employed there, it allowed me to have some time and space to figure things out. Um, so, you know, he was, you know, paying bills as well when I couldn't necessarily do that. So just being real, like I had, yeah. you know, some financial and emotional support as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the case for so many artists. I mean, not everybody is lucky, lucky enough to have situations like that, but a lot of us are. And, um, I always appreciate when people are willing to share that because everybody's situation yeah. is so different. And that's why it's so important to not compare yourself to the backstories no. that you know nothing about. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's not like we were living the life either. It was like, yeah. okay, we're going to have to tighten up the budget and figure things out and like, woo, because he's also creative too. So it was like, people were like, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, I guess. <laughs> But it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm so curious. So you're making the blankets, you're transitioning, like you've moved your full-time job to something that's a little more like freelance and part-time. Um, yeah. How did you start like getting your work out there? Because I actually, I don't really know a lot about um, selling more functional items. And so mm -hmm. I went on your website and it looks like you um, have a ton of stockists. And so I'm curious yeah. how you went from just like starting and like rekindling with your love of paint and textiles mm -hmm. to being where you are now. What does that look like to get to um, sell functional items at either a high volume or with bigger names? What, how has that gone? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I didn't say this earlier. So between um launching, going through pillow route, I did have another company with a partner, a former college roommate of mine. And we did um, photographic inspired like scarves and beach wraps all based on our own photography. And we had that for a couple of years. Um, and it was a great learning ground on how to kind of 
have an idea and launch it and create a business and what that looks like and all the things that you have to do from getting a tax ID and taxes to building a website and all that kind of practical stuff that you kind of gloss over when you're romanticizing about having a company (laughs) (laughs) and working for yourself. Um, So it was definitely a crash course in that aspect. We parted ways just because I wasn't completely satisfied um, and where the company was going. And I was like, ah, this doesn't quite feel right. I want to do something else. I don't know what it is. So in that between then and and launching the blankets, um, I, you know, like I said, I worked still did the PR thing and then kind of went into the blankets. But I will say that um, experience helped lay the groundwork for me to figure out how I wanted to do the blankets. I had some experience about working with manufacturing um, partners and how to go about researching and finding out somebody that could help realize my designs um, and, and what that looked like and learning about how to price things for wholesale versus retail, you know, <laughs> all of that stuff. Um, and I asked a lot of people in my network that I knew had either marketing or sales um, experience, just like, how, how do I do this? <laughs> what do you do in your job? And how does it apply to me? So a lot of questions I asked. Um, but as far as, I'd also say though, too, working in PR for big and small brands, I really understood the power of um, well, public relations and awareness and getting your product in front of people. Um, and I literally started to use Instagram like we all do as a way to kind of say, hey, this is what I'm doing <laughs> right now. And then from there, as far as getting into stores and whatnot, because I didn't really think I'm like, yes, I have followers. It's mainly my friends and family, but, and they'll all buy blankets initially. But then after that, then what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I knew I wanted to wholesale and to get into stores because I felt like they could be kind of like my bullhorn. I was going to be able to touch more people by getting into stores who would touch other customers that I would just never be able to connect with. And that was more my focus than doing straight to consumer on my website because I also didn't have funds to put behind advertising and doing all this fun digital marketing stuff that I didn't want to do anyways. Um, so I literally <laughs> started researching stores that I either loved myself or thought my products would be good in. So there are stores I already frequented regularly here. And then when I was out and about, if I saw a store, I was like, oh, I took a picture of it, wrote it down, um, and literally would go to their websites and start researching if I was reading a magazine, whatever, just taking in as much information as I possibly could and literally basically cold called people or cold emails <laughs> put together line sheets, which I knew was, you know, part of the whole wholesale world and, you know, email people with a little bit about me, where I'm from, what I'm doing, and this is what I have. I think I'd be great. Don't you want to carry me? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I went about it. Initially, it was a slog because half the time, you know, the emails go to a black hole. No one responds, but Every once in a while, for every, I don't know, 10, 20 emails you don't hear back from, there's one person that says, hey, 
I love it. I can't take it. I'm fully stocked or I love it. Yeah. And I remember the two stores that first took me, one was in Long Beach and another one was in, um, oh my gosh, she's in the Midwest. Was it Missouri, Kansas City? I think. Um, I had, And I read about both of them. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. And I wrote them and said, hey, I read about you and XYZ. Love what you have going on. This is what I'm doing. Would you be interested? And I remember they, they wrote back and said, love it. Absolutely. And they placed an order with me. And I was like, oh, yeah! <laughs> happy dance, happy dance. I got my first wholesale orders. And it was such a big deal for me. Um, and then after that, other type of uh, wholesale platforms started popping up. I believe Fair was probably the first one. I don't know if your listeners have heard of it or if you've heard of it, but it's a great wholesale platform for small business owners and makers. And I discovered that I think probably through Instagram. I was like, oh, this looks amazing. And a lot of my retailers have also come through that outside of me doing a lot of, you know, cold calling and emailing, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You said it's called fair, like F-A-I-R. F-A-I-R-E. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard of that, but that's a great resource. Yeah. I just wanted to highlight that if people are curious. Um, yeah. but I love what you said. I think it's so important to hear over and over from other artists that like, most of your emails, you'll never get a response. It was a slog, (laughs) but every once in a while it would work out. Um, that's actually been a theme for like uh, my past couple interviews. And I feel like the universe is trying to tell me something that I need to start emailing people. (laughs) Yeah. It's not fun. It's not, but I I have that skill from being in PR because it's all about communication. So you're in contact with editors and, and whatnot. And a lot of it's, you know, you can send stuff out but you've got to follow up. You've got to follow mm. through and you may catch somebody on a good day. You know, they yeah. may say, oh yeah. And you know, there were people that wrote me back that didn't necessarily take my product, but they appreciated the fact that I followed up and that I reached out to them. Um, they liked my product. So that does make a difference too. Just don't think you're going to send an email and people are going to write back right away. I mean, think about maybe what your inbox looks like. You can only imagine on their end, they're getting people from all over all the time trying to sell stuff. So it's a lot to try and read through and then run a business on top of it. Mm -hmm. But fair was, was great because it basically created a marketplace where I could showcase what I was doing, but also it gave buyers an opportunity to shop and be exposed to so many other brands in the time that they could do it. You know, maybe it was in the wee hours of the morning or the night, you know, not during necessarily business hours. So, and also stores that I would never, ever, I, there, I just wouldn't know about them. There's no way I could know about them, you know? And I was just so surprised. I started seeing things from, you know, towns across the U S that I hadn't even necessarily considered, you know, would be, you know, a place where I would, selling of my products. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, that's a great, a great thing for us to know about. So yeah. I'm curious. So the blankets and like selling those through stores are a huge part of your business. What are the, I know you do other things too. So I'm kind of curious if you wouldn't mm-hmm. mind sharing like what the breakdown is of mostly what you do. If there's like a couple other things that are part of your income, uh, I'm kind of want to get like a general picture. 
Yeah. So, so, okay. So there's K apostrophe. I have my website and there I, you know, sell direct to consumer. So either from prints to original artwork and then all of my home textiles, blankets, pillows, tapestries and whatnot. Um, you could also commissions. I do that as well. That'll come directly through my site. Um, but then I also started doing, um, I guess you could say licensing or textile design for other brands and collaborating with different brands or companies. So that's also another funnel. And I would guess I would say, you know, the commissions is another funnel because I'm getting commissions from not only people that want original artwork, but from interior designers that want unique items. Like I did a commission for some lighting fixtures that came through an interior design firm and they loved my artwork and they were doing a, a bookstore and they were like, this is, your stuff would fit in here so aesthetically. This is, and they literally said this in their message. This is going to come completely out of left field. We don't know if you would even be able to do this, but would you do some lighting fixtures for us? I was like, cool. yeah, that's cool. I love left field stuff. <laughs> yes, I'll give it a go. And so that's how that came about. But, and then they got me excited. I'm like, ooh, lighting fixtures. Maybe that's next on the list of things I want to do, you know, on a regular basis. So those are kind of my, my three areas. So, and okay. then also I forgot to mention host. So there is wholesale too. So I sell, you know, with other retailers. So, okay. I want to pick up on one thing that you mentioned, which is licensing. And I'm curious, um, I work with a lot of artists who are super interested in this and it's not my area of expertise. And so I'm curious again, how you got into it, if it happened the same way, like with the cold emails, or if there was a slight difference and, um, just what you've learned in licensing, in licensing your work. Sure. I licensing just kind of happened. It wasn't something I was seeking out. I did initially look at, you know, when I was starting my company, I, I looked at research, what licensing is. And I learned that there are some big like trade shows that artists can go to. Um, and then different brands come and literally license your work. I wasn't necessarily interested in that, but it was just good to know like, oh, this exists. This is a way if I did want a license, I could go and participate in some sort of trade show. But as far as how it came to, it literally came to me. I, I think the first thing that happened, um, a wellness brand came to me and reached out, was their creative director and said, hey, we would love to license some work for you from you for uh, a distribution to our customers. They're a strictly D2C brand. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so that was the first time that I had had a licensing deal come my way. And then since then, a couple of other opportunities have come as well. And each time brands coming to me and it's been a bit different each time. And there are different way licensing deals um, can be structured. There's one where, and I've done this where they literally um, have paid me to create unique pieces for them. Um, and then they own that artwork outright and they pay a flat fee and they do whatever they want to do with it. So there's that. Then I've also done where I've created something and designed it and they're like, we love it. We want to license it. 
um, and we will pay you essentially royalties on it. So they took something that already existed of mine. They actually did pay me for like the designs. Then they manufactured it themselves. And then I get a portion or like I said, royalties off of each sale of that particular item. Luckily, they're also giving me, um, uh, they're calling out my name. So it's, it looks like a collaboration as well. So it won't just be, you know, this brand stuff. It's me and this brand, which is really cool. I'm excited about that. I'm like, great, you know? Um, so there's that. And then I'm trying to think. And then I've had other companies, um, more like, I guess you would say, kind of like those big art houses that sell prints and stuff and on mm. canvas mm-hmm. they hey we want to license your work and again that's more of they'll pay me royalties off of however many prints they sell of my work um as far as what i've learned <laughs> through this whole process uh read all the contracts <laughs> yes <laughs> and to a lawyer, a lawyer friend, whoever, your cousin that's a lawyer who's in law, whatever. <laughs> Just have somebody else look at it because there's usually a lot of legalese. And, you know, I'm not a legal expert or whatever. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. I've also just asked other um, mentors. I have a couple of reps that I work with. Um, so I've asked them and other artists too, that I know that I've done licensing deals, like, Hey, this is what's happening. What has your experience been like? You know, and I've also learned that every licensing deal is slightly different. So you can pick and choose what you've learned and kind of apply it to whatever it is that you're working on. Um, but always do it feels good for you. You know, also, the thing about licensing also only work with people that feels good to you. You know, I've had people come to me and I was just like, eh, no, you know, check out who they are, what they're doing. If it really doesn't vibe with you. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Those are the, the big things. And I've been lucky. I've been able to work with people that I really like. And because of that, I think the, the licensing deals have been very fair and I feel good with them from a financial and time commitment perspective. And there'll probably be relationships that I'll maintain, hopefully, throughout my career, you know. Um, there's also something else I was going to say about that. Oh, don't expect to get rich off of licensing. <laughs> At least, like, I don't know. It's like, you know, every artist, you know, you don't get rich until you're like dead or something. Licensing <laughs> is not gonna, it's not like, oh, I signed a licensing deal, you know, unless whatever it is that they license just goes gangbusters. Yeah. It's a nice little like, oh, this is coming in, you know, yes. like a steady little, ooh, dependable paycheck or whatever bonus. But sorry, you won't be able to quit your day job. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, that's so important to be said definitely about the contracts. And then just that last note too, like don't expect to get rich because <laughs> I do think that that is an illusion that people who haven't entered licensing, I lied. I've done a tiny bit of licensing. It's just like not my specialty, but I have a small yeah. amount of experience with it. And it really is just like this, like added thing. I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there who's mastered it and made a full-time income off of it, but that's just not the norm. And people who haven't done it, I do think have this expectation of like, oh, if I license, I'll like bring in the big bucks. And I, I sense that for the general public of artists, the way you're looking at it is the more realistic way. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, I mean, I guess there are, like you said, people out there that are living off of it. And like I said, those, when I investigated and found trade shows, I feel like there are artists, like that is their meat and potatoes. So they are really also creating work that they know they're going to license. It's going to be licensed for, you know, wrapping paper and cards and notebooks and all of that stuff. So they also gear their work for that. And then they invest in generating licensing deals. And then that's their main source of income. So Mm -hmm. that is a route you can take, but I feel like they are really vested in, this is how I'm going to make my, my, you know, revenue stream. Mm -hmm. So, but otherwise, no, (laughs) not so much. You can add a bonus. Like I said, if you are working with a particular brand that you're excited about and they're willing to do, you know, call it out and make it a collaborative thing. It's great from an awareness perspective. Um, I always like, it's always great to be able to name drop too. If there's other projects that are, you know, kind of floating around, you'll be able to say, oh, I worked for this person or I've done this. It always helps. Yeah, totally. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So since we've kind of covered like the licensing and the functional products and the blankets, I know, and I think you mentioned this already, um, or if you haven't, I just know this from following you. You also do paintings, which I love. And to me, like when I perceive you as an artist and your brand, if we want to call it that, like you really present yourself as a fine artist. And I think you do such a wonderful job of weaving in what you do with home decor, but like I still perceive you as a fine artist. And I, I know that's something that other artists who want to make functional products also want to exude and worry about. And so I'm wondering like if that was intentional, if you ever struggled with that and what advice you would have for people who are wanting to like capture their own version. Yeah. Yeah. It's very intentional. <laughs> it's absolutely intentional. And I think it was also an exercise for me to get comfortable with owning hate to say title, but the, the word artist, um, for me, that took a lot just because it always, it didn't ever seem like it it could apply to me. I either didn't think I was good enough, you know, um, because I wasn't in a gallery or being represented by somebody. It's like, well, I'm I'm an artist. Like, really? (laughs) I can't say that. But when it came to design, um, functional product, you know, people understand that and they respected that. Um, but I was like, no, I'm an artist first and foremost. And everything that you see here, a pillow that started out as something else. That was a work of art that you were going to hang on your wall. And it, you know, this is a different iteration of it. So you can enjoy it in a different way, but these are all works of art. And the person that created it is an artist. And then I take that and zhuzh it around and create a functional piece of work design um, out of it. So it was definitely very, very intentional. And I work very hard on trying to balance those two. And whenever I speak to people, I always say I'm an artist first who also does textile design. Um, that's, I weave that through everything. So it is very, very clear. Um, now I feel it's, it's, it's natural to say both of those things and to do both of those things. Um, although, cause I've been asked like, well, how do you create your collections? And I said, it starts with the body of, of, of artwork and painting. And usually 
the collection is kind of from disparate sources. Like I'll have been working on some studies from one thing and a final piece for something else. And then if I kind of lay them out and see them together, I'm like, oh, there's something going on here that I like. And there's also this curiosity of what would this look like woven on a smaller scale or a bigger scale? And then that's how my collections are born. Um, and I can't say how other designers, <laughs> that's in quotation, create their, their items. You know, I, I, I'm sure it probably takes another um, pathway, but my, all of my stuff starts with me painting and collaging and doing what I do. Um, so yeah, did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, you did. You absolutely did. I mean, what I'm really hearing is that you've really owned it within yourself. Like you really see yourself as an artist. And therefore when people ask you, that's the first thing you say. And kind of what I'm gathering is just by the fact that you've embodied that so much, it just naturally um, communicates to others through like your online presence. Yeah. And also I think, and I, and I'm seeing this more and more. I think when I was starting to venture down, you know, creating functional products, and even though I studied textile design and we know with textile design, there's all about the repeat and all of that. I wasn't doing repeats or anything. I just wanted that piece to be like, like I said, a canvas. And instead of, you know, hanging on the wall, it's going to be thrown over your bed, you know, or you're going to lean your head up against it on a pillow. Um, so I, I kind of stayed away from that as well, which I feel like a lot of times when we go into the design realm, especially textiles, they're more concerned about the repeat and how that's going to look and repeating a design. And I don't, I don't tend to do that. Who knows? I might change, but well, actually I did change because I just did wallpaper and that is repeat. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a blending of like two paintings, but anyways, so I digress Um, or go off course, whatever. But yeah, so it's, yeah, it's been, it's been, I guess, yeah, I've been very purposeful about it and I'm owning both of them. And I also feel people really appreciate that. They love being able to see the origin story, I guess you could say of something. They're like, oh, wow. Okay. So this pillow was a drawing. Oh, okay. And that, you know, makes it even more attractive. Mm-hmm. like wow I see this person's hand or thought and a lot of times when you get something you know functional you may not necessarily have a direct access or understanding of that process mm-hmm. yeah it's important to give people a look at like what's really going on so they can fully appreciate mm-hmm. um what they're buying or investing in and it just gives it a whole other flavor yeah yeah, yeah. so I want to um, kind of wrap around to a little bit like what you mentioned in the beginning about your story. And I'm wondering what advice you would have for artists who are just looking for like their thing or their best route, because with you, it seems like you really narrowed in on like what brings you joy and, um, like your artistic background in textiles. And I feel like you've really carved out this unique way of being a working artist that works for you. So how would you advise that people find that for them? Ooh, that's hard. Because like I said, it was very windy route. I feel like I, I feel to a certain extent I was open. I wasn't very rigid about 
this is what I have to do and this is what it's going to look like. I think having direction is obviously very helpful because then you have something to chip away at and work towards, but also allowing for some flexibility, which means surprises and things that you didn't necessarily consider or think about can come your way. And those things are quite sweet. Like I said, like the licensing, I had researched a little, but I was like, eh, that's not something I really want to invest my time in. And then lo and behold, these opportunities come my way. And I was like, oh, and it was a new way of thinking about licensing, licensing that I hadn't even considered. Um, so I remained open. Um, as far as advice, I'm finding out, oof, try lots of things. That's what mm. I say. <laughs> try yeah. it off. Something sounds interesting. If you see somebody else doing something that's, oh, that's, that, that catches your eye ask them about it, give it a go. But I wouldn't say, but do it, like I said, out of curiosity to educate, but not because you're like, I want to be like this person or I want to achieve this. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Like trying based on like a genuine spark and curiosity within you, not because you're trying to emulate the path somebody else has done. Yeah. Right. And also just like the possibilities for me, part of what I do is I, I, and I'll go back. I've always like home is, is kind of always been important theme to me in my life. I I've just coming to realize this. Um, ever since I was little, I used to, my grandmother used to get architectural dress. I have no idea the magazine. And I would like flip through that magazine and just be amazed at the beauty that I saw. And it was always interesting to see how people lived and how they arranged things. Um, so home for me was, it's always very special, sacred place. And I was like, if I can be invited into somebody else's home, whatever that may look like, it's such an honor, you know? Mm. And so for me, it was like, if I'm creating art, you know, I'm so honored to have something, whether it's a painting hanging on somebody's wall or somebody chooses to have a pillow on their sofa that they're going to like lounge against. Like that for me was important. So I kind of always kept that in the middle. If I was doing one of those like bubbles of like all the things leading out from it, I'm like home, what? And elevating everybody's elevating the everyday for somebody. What does that look Mm -hmm. like? And so that was always kind of my springboard. It's like, what does that mean? And I feel like with that, opportunities started to come my way that I may not have considered. So it's like, oh, well, there's people that do home staging and they need artwork. Okay, bing, home, you know? So things like that, like I either started reaching out or somehow manifest people coming to me saying, Hey, I found your work. It's really weird how, when you start to think about things and remain open for them, they start to come your way. You don't necessarily always have to push, um, and and seek it out as well. Literally. Um, yeah. So I guess that's my advice. No, that's not. No, it's so good. I feel really, well, first of all, I love hearing about your connection to home. I think that's so beautiful. And hearing that makes so much sense. Having just heard everything we just heard and also (laughs) knowing your work. Um, so that's great. And then this question for me that came up is like, yeah, what's in the center of like my bubble or whoever's listening, like what's in the center of your bubble. 
And I feel really inspired by that. Like just what you're saying about how once you find the place you're springboarding off of, and if you're staying open, like different routes will present themselves. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And I think that's such a good question for all of us. Yeah. And sometimes the bubble bursts. (laughs) Sometimes you (laughs) lose the bubble. You got to inflate it again. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Yeah. But it also helps you remember like when opportunities or things that look like opportunities come your way, um, if it's a good fit or not saying, actually, that's not really staying true to, you know, what it is that I'm doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Work from your bubble. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's great advice. I'm inspired to like, go make my bubble after this call. Uh, Thank you so much for that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, cause I'll be honest because I have friends that are fellow artists and, you know, one of their, their biggest desires is, you know, they're more into, you know, having, being in galleries and doing shows and, you know, being acquired by museums and all that. And that's never really been my motivation. I know, does that sound weird? I don't know. Cause I feel like, no. every, like that's like to be an artist, that's just what it looks like. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> Nah. I mean, most working artists that I've had on the show, even if they do engage with that, um, and a lot of them do, that doesn't seem to be the central theme of how the real working artists that I'm talking to are actually making money and operating. Right, right. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think it's good to have that awareness that there's so many other beautiful and fulfilling ways to be a working artist. And like maybe galleries and shows are part of that. And if you yeah. want that, that's amazing, right. but also maybe not, you know? Right. Um, exactly. I mean, I yeah. might, you know, do a gallery show here and there and I'm excited about it to be able to share my work in that way. But it's not like, that's not at the center of my bubble. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so great that you have that awareness. Like I not to tangent on this too much, but I also really resonate with it. Um, I see so many artists that like want to make that the center of their bubble Mm -hmm. and it's just because they think they should, or that's the route they think they're seeing other people do. Um, but I, I wonder how like honest and true that really is, or it's just this kind of like external desire yeah. And I, I imagine that a much better map has something else in the middle. And if it so fits, maybe galleries and shows are a springboard off of that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Seems to be a more sustainable setup. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I feel like, cause that's kind of what we're told, like to, you know, call yourself an artist and pursue a career as an artist, this is what you need to do. And that means galleries and acquisitions and museums and all that but it's like actually no Mm -hmm. (laughs) what does it mean to you (laughs) what does that look like to you yeah yeah Yeah, thank you for saying that for sure yeah totally (laughs) so as we're coming to the end here this has been super fun um what do you have coming up that you would like to direct people towards where can we find you anything you want to share um let's see what do I have coming up Lots of things coming up. Well, I just, just came out with a new collection I'm really, really excited about. Oh. Um, pillows, I know, more pillows. No, but <laughs> these are exciting because I was able to actually realize one of the goals I had when I launched my company, which was to um, expand in my collaborations as far as manufacturers and producers um, beyond the U.S. and really tap into some of the more um, global artisans that exist out there in the big wide world who are 
doing amazing things and have done for centuries. Um, but I worked with a weaving collective in Mexico. Um, it started about a year and a half ago that I initiated the relationship and finally, finally have a collection of beautiful hand-woven pillows that are made from hand-spun wool. It's a family actually that has a sheep and they shear the sheep and they spin the wool and dye it. And they're stunning. And I'm really, really excited about it because it literally took a year and a half from inception to launch. And so that literally just has come out and I'm really excited about it. And I'll probably will be for a while. <laughs> um, so that's like the biggest thing that's, that's, that came out. Um, there's a couple of other projects that are coming out, but I can't really talk about it. So you just have to follow me um, on my Instagram, <laughs> which is at K underscore apostrophe spelled out or visit me on my website for sure. Um, you can see everything that I'm up to. For the most part, Instagram is probably better because I actually update that more. I'm horrible about updating my website. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I get it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, we will link to all of both of those places. Yay. And thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been such a joy and I, I hope we get to talk again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again, like I said in the beginning, for having me and allowing me to share. Hopefully it made sense. <laughs> it absolutely did. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I felt like when I got off the call with Kiara, I was just so delighted with her energy um, and just really thankful for her coming on and sharing everything she did. So please go to the links in the show notes and check out her work. Be sure to support her. Um, maybe collect one of those pillows or throw blankets because they are beautiful. That brings us to the end of the show for today. Again, if you would like to support us, please follow, tag, share, do all the things on Instagram, and don't forget to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And if you're wanting more episodes like this one, but you've just burned through all of the seasons that are available, you can head over to the Patreon where patrons get a bonus episode every month, and there's a nice handful of bonus episodes waiting for you too. So that is a wrap for today. Until next time, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.